Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Garbage Club, serving only the finest garbage, especially this week. <laughs> because this week we watched American mm, Vandal. Some pretty fine garbage, like some pretty fresh tomato garbage. <laughs> tomato garbage? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like um, I should include the caveat. This one was very, very well received by critics. Um, and a lot of like how how like why I brought brought this to the table is that um outwardly it's basically a giant dick joke like the entire show is um but beneath its like surface and everything there's like this really incredible story being told um kind of in this meta way through um this mockumentary that's being made uh, before we get too deep into it, should we say who we are? Yeah, we should probably do yeah. that. <laughs> I'm Ryan. So I'm Rob. And I'm Vivian. And yeah, we watched American Vandal this week. <laughs> and one day I'll get that intro right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, why don't we go back to Ryan? Tell us what American Vandal is. Yeah, so in the same style as Making a Murderer or The Jinx, um, they're doing a true crime documentary um, where they're examining someone who's been expelled from a school for spray painting dicks on every uh, teacher's car in the teacher parking lot. Um, Specifically, 27 dicks. 27 dicks. Um, And... Yeah, so the guy who's been kind of, uh, who's taken the fall for this is like a notorious class clown. Um, he's a serial dicterar um, in class, basically whenever he's up on the whiteboard and everything. Um, and just generally like shitty SoCal bro. Um, and yeah, this takes place in Oceanside and it is the most Oceanside thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but uh yeah, so as it goes on, it becomes way more a story about, like, everyone at this high school and specifically um, the main character and, like, his relationships and how his kind of quest to pretend to be impartial but um, definitely is trying to prove this guy's innocence. Uh, yeah, so I, just as a clarification, by the main character, we mean the narrator, the guy who's investigating yes. it, not actually yeah. the guy who's being uh, the the subject of the documentary, kind of the falls accused, out in and out of the story regularly. Yeah, the accused dick drawer. <laughs> yeah, and they end up they end up going some places to <laughs> try and explore uh, the different yeah, like angles went, and credibility of witnesses. <laughs> yeah, they went to they went to camp in order to. Um, Establish whether or not the hawker in class uh, gave a witness a hand job that he claimed to have gotten. Um, because if they can prove that he didn't get the hand job, then his credibility is shattered as a witness in this dick dick spray painting incident for some reason. Um. Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> the the length like. The lengths at which things are incredibly high school 
are oh pretty God. hilarious. It's all so incredibly high school. Like, yeah. part of the, like, trying to figure out if he really drew the dicks or not is like, oh, who had access to the school security cameras in order to delete footage? And, like, the only people who had it were people who worked on the morning news show with, with the main character and the guy who was accused of drawing the dicks. And, like, their argument was, like, he couldn't have done it because he's too stupid to know how to FTP into a server. <laughs> Which, legitimately, but like... he does have his buddies who they have a YouTube channel together, and he is smart enough to know how to edit and upload that. Yeah, those things are totally uh, related. <laughs> school board. I think that that's one of the, like that, the great the things thing in this is, is it's actually a pretty engrossing mystery. Like, um, you you keep going in and out on whether or not the dude's guilty or innocent, um, much like mm-hmm. you do in many of those uh, kind of true crime serial making a murderer shows. Um, and it, it kind of does like this skewering commentary on that as entertainment media because, you know, it's like journalists and docu- people who make documentaries basically going through an old crime um, with like they're presenting themselves as being extremely impartial and trying to just discover the truth. But many times they end up kind of doing cartwheels in order to prove innocence um because that's like the better story and that's you know what would make it more successful and everything Mm. um and kind of how morally dicey that is um all these cases yeah and uh as a fan of true crime stuff uh this doc or this mockumentary like totally nails that kind of (coughs) metadramatic tension so I, I still appreciated it, even though it is definitely making fun of the medium I enjoy. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that makes you able to enjoy it more, right? Because well, but it's, if it's like if it's done badly, like if it, it this is kind of punching sideways rather than punching down. Like it's a very kind of witty, dry, like it's it's not making fun of uh, like true crime documentaries directly. It's kind of more commenting on them because it's it's high school students right it's high school kids doing this so like it's obviously not going to be professional and they're not going to have great things to investigate right so i i think that's why it works really well it's like if some high schoolers were attempting to do this level of investigative journalism they would do a really bad job at it oh yeah i'm just saying they could have made something that was like oh we're just gonna make fun of like we're gonna make a, a fake character who is the equivalent of the like an invest like a direct parody of an investigator for serial and like make fun of adults doing the same thing and i think that would have been much less fun but since they chose to do it with high school students it's hilarious because high school students obviously have no idea what they're getting into yeah and the stakes are so low stakes are so low (laughs) (laughs) like this dude was gonna get expelled anyway (laughs) like yeah, with all of the... Uh, it, it's, like, very clear that it's, like, he was on his absolute last straw at this school. Yeah, they have a scene where they're, like, interviewing him, and they're like, oh, well, what do you, like, lose out on by being expelled before graduating? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I guess my girlfriend and I are going to go long distance, which means I'm going to have to jerk myself off every night. 
or actually maybe she'll break up with me which means i'll have to jerk myself off every night oh <laughs> fuck like, i'm gonna just have yeah. to jerk myself off every night it's <laughs> just like long pause and <laughs> just like oh no matter what i'm gonna have to jerk myself off every night i guess and he's so he's so forlorn like i think part of what really makes it is everyone who's doing this is actually like spot on with their acting like very serious and earnest in everything that they're doing i was gonna say one of the things that kind of for me feels like it works super well is because it's the high schoolers doing the investigative journalism the other high schoolers are like speaking like actual teenagers and there's a like solid actual grounding in the world for like why these kids would be you know talking like you know you get this kid on camera and you're like did you get a hand job from sarah pearson and the person being interviewed is just like a hundred percent yes I I think that is actually a good segue into some matt fun facts because uh that is that is one of my fun facts is they, uh, for this series, the two creators hired, I mean, yell at me if I'm stealing this from someone, uh, the two creators hired a bunch of basically like unknown straight out of college writers for this series. And I think that actually really helps them nailing both like the shitty writing that a high schooler would actually do when making this documentary. Cause there are some scripted parts or like it's all scripted, but like Like, obviously something the character scripted ahead of time and is just reading from a script. And then there's also, like, yeah, the teen interviews, which are all super on point. And I think it, like, them hiring such inexperienced writers really paid off for them. Yeah, they they really nail the young voice. And, um, it's, this is super low budget, but it's, like, just incredibly high quality and, uh, like, clever. Um in like how it accomplishes everything that it does and it it just like it uses the editing and the writing and the acting really well to make jokes land um there's in we watched the first two episodes and in the first episode there's just a bit where the witness is explaining witnessing the dick spray painting and is just like dick and then it like flashes like one of the cars with like the dick spray painted on the screen then just and it flashes another one and it just keeps going with him like repeatedly doing that and it being like super dramatic um my my uh matt fact is they uh they didn't do any like i guess like stunt actors um and had a very big focus on hiring um actors that could uh, improvise pretty well so there was like a lot of the way they were talking and like the things that they did were kind of like them being off the cuff and stuff like that, which works really well for this. Like the whole like young voice thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the, uh, the guy who plays, um, the guy who got expelled is a YouTube celebrity, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. Well, the guys who, so the guys who made this, um, like they're from the sort of like, youtube sketch culture um so like the the two creators are um dan per peralt and tony ascenda um tony ascenda has like directed a bunch of college humor shorts and um dan peralt wrote 
a lot of the honest trailers and used to write the <clears throat> and writes the screen junkies show. So like they they kind of have this background in writing very YouTube sketch comedy and it's really interesting to see that sort of transition into a TV show where, you know, every episode is like, oh, well, we're going to go down this rabbit hole. And every little kind of like thread that they're investigating is like a bit. Yeah, every episode basically, um, once they establish that there's only nine people who could have been like the people who did it. Um, the morning show every episode nine. Is they, yeah, basically every episode is they pick a different person and kind of ruin their lives <laughs> trying to establish whether or not they were um, guilty or not. It, it gets especially good because later on they investigate themselves. <laughs> I just watched that episode oh and it's so good. You just like like the main character, the main character's like best friend um, when he like just does not take it seriously at all. <laughs> and and then the the main character goes into his best friend and just gets like really fucking expose of like just all of this guy's personal life shit. Oh, I think no. it's just like oh, and it, it gets like super personal. Like it's like really <laughs> fucked up and like has nothing to do with the dick spray painting and everything. Um, and like yeah, it's it's savage. My computer fell asleep. Okay, it's back. <laughs> <laughs> I got scared for a second because I just like looked over and the screen was black and I was like, oh, and none of you guys were talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, is that is that all of our fun facts? Should we? Oh, um, I actually have one more fun fact, which right, is go. that the crime in within the show, the crime takes place on March 15th, which we all know is the Ides of March. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't realize like. I, they must have said it a bunch of times in the show, and I never realized it. I'm sorry, I don't get it. The Ides of March? Yeah, I don't get it. The day that Caesar was stabbed? Oh. I saw a good Tumblr joke culture about this the other day. <laughs> which is, uh, like, uh, someone someone travels back in time to before Caesar was murdered, and knowing that they're clearly from the future and have uh, insight into into his future, Caesar asks this person like, "Oh, what? How will I die?" And the person says, "Surrounded by friends." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uncredited Tumblr joke. All right. <laughs> Let's go okay, um, to... Oh, so oh. the Ides of March was actually uh, the day that taxes were due. They also mm. stabbed Caesar on that day. So my favorite... Um, well, not my favorites, but uh, one amazing detail about the show before we uh, move on um, is... Uh, I mean, we're moving Every on single episode favorites. title is a dick joke. Yeah. Every single one just there are only it's, eight it's, it's brilliant like the it you have to like the show has to be the writing and like the undercurring meta thing has to be like perfect in order for like the dumb kind of exterior like upper layer to work and it really is like 
um it kind of reminds me of black dynamite i guess um where like you're watching this movie but there's like a lot of what makes it really funny is you kind of see the people are like all the people in that movie are playing people who are playing characters right um I just really love that there's an episode called Growing Suspicion. <laughs> and a limp alibi. So should we move on to favorites? <laughs> yeah. Um my favorite part so far was just like the in-depth investigation into like whether anyone could corroborate the hand job. <laughs> and like analyzing all of these different like parts <laughs> of this summer camp and like Oh, well, Alex Tremboli says that he got the hand job on this dock at the fishing pond. And they're like sort of acting out, giving a hand job at the end. <laughs> and of then the they're year. also just like investigating all of the <laughs> angles that this could potentially be seen by. And it's like, there are no angles that you can see this. And it's just like, yeah, that's why I picked oh it for God. a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, they go back to the interview, and he's like, yeah, it's the is, perfect spot. That is so high school. But, like, being, like, proud is, yeah, I found a place to fuck. Incredibly. <laughs> um, but it's not even that. It's, I found a place to get a hand job. <laughs> Where no one will see us. I Mine actually relates directly to that. Uh, my favorite part is when they zoom out from a shot and go into like the like cgi uh low texture or like flat texture uh <laughs> crime scene recreation like depicting imaging. the hand job <laughs> <laughs> so they do this once well they do it once for the hand job and they they have like a, a standee who like clearly has a boner and then like another standee like jerking them off and it's hilarious but they do this twice, so they do it once for the hand job to show off all of the different points where you could have possibly seen the hand job from. And they do it for uh, when they are showing off the whole parking lot and all of the dicks that got spray-painted on the cars. So they do like a recreation of like dicks being drawn on the cars in the crime scene recreation and like CG animation, and it's so good. Like, one of those things where they don't show the person, like, they don't even have, like, a standee, like, doing it. It just, like, they're describing the crime, and it's just, like, dicks are, like, materializing on the cars. <laughs> it just appears. Yeah. One of, so one of the, I forget if it was one of the episodes that we watched together or an episode that I watched later, but they also do that same CGI, like, but with a map for mapping out the timeline and, like, trying to yeah. corroborate Dylan's, like, alibis, which, like, part of his alibi is going to an antique store to take a shit. Yeah, so that is my favorite part of the show, um, is he shits at Priceless Moments. Um, the antique store is called Everybody Priceless Moments. Everybody knows that I hate Lucas's toilet. It's got one yeah. of those squishy seats. Yeah, his friend Squishy. has a toilet that he doesn't like to sit on because it feels like you're pushing your butt up against another butt and then pooping into it. And he doesn't like that one bit. Um, so he goes down the street like five, ten minutes um, to priceless moments to take shits. 
um and it's so good and like he he's got like his gang of like stoner friends and everything and just the way they say like like they're doing like the interview and it just like it cuts away from them and does one of those things where like they're giving their interview answer but then it's like showing something else and it was just slowly panning in on lucas's toilet as as like they just say yeah he uh, yeah he shoots at priceless moments oh yeah lucas yeah he i mean not lucas he shits at priceless moments <laughs> dylan dylan yeah he always shits at priceless moments and it, I, there's something there's something about saying the name of your like local yeah. mom pop antique store like fully like the full like not never saying like oh i'm going out to the antique store it's always i'm gonna priceless moments um yeah. that like really reminds me of my hometown um, which and was nobody about calls 10 minutes it. south of Oceanside. <laughs> yeah, and like nobody calls it the antique store. Everybody calls it Priceless Moments. Do we have any ships? Um. Do we have any ships? Um, I I don't think I have a real one. I had like a joking one which was yeah which was shipping dylan and his whole stoner friend group i mean these are trash ships <laughs> as just like a night a like stony polycule i i like that i support this <laughs> yeah yeah i can get behind can that it. and they've got the whole like friends since childhood <laughs> thing going on <laughs> it was rob's <laughs> trash ship <laughs> Alright, so that was that was Viv's trash ships featuring Rob. <laughs> featuring Rob. <laughs> Alright, as we continue to blaze through this, uh what's everyone's recommendations? It's almost like we prepared for the show for once, so we don't have to think about things. Yeah. <laughs> um on a on a similar note of like mockumentaries that are pretty like pretty much parodies of a certain style of actual documentary um seven days in hell and tour de pharma are two amazing pieces that um andy samberg and his friends made for um hbo oh these are gonna be some uh andy samberg heavy recommendations <laughs> he's really fucking good at mockumentaries <laughs> don't worry none of mine involving yeah, welcome to our new podcast, uh, the Andy Samberg <laughs> Film Universe. <laughs> just talk about it's another spinoff made... podcast yep. to the Christopher. It's only movies made by Andy Samberg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so mine, my recommendation is for Popstar, which is, as I just said, it's another Andy Samberg slash The Lonely Island movie it's kind of a mockumentary um but it's mostly just a a like a riff on those tour documentary things so i guess that still makes it a mockumentary yeah but that, that's the style it's in is like when you're following uh, an artist on on their big breakout tour or whatever uh it's in the same style as that except for the person they're following is just like extremely shitty <laughs> <laughs> and it, it breaks out into like the songs that those documentaries break out into and it's just super good <laughs> um so i've got 
a few recommendations. One, like I mentioned earlier, Black Dynamite. If you're looking for something that's kind of got that like meta narrative behind it's like upfront silliness. Characters playing char- actors playing characters playing actors playing characters. <laughs> yeah. And even in Black Dynamite, like even the director is clearly a character. Like you can see the movie kind of like steadily devolve as this like stony ass like hollywood executive just like keeps getting like crazier and crazier ideas (laughs) um but then uh the other two i would recommend uh in the vein of pop star there's this is spinal tap um which it does like mockumentary style um following a band it's pretty classic um and Mm -hmm. it's very good at having a story about their steady decline um going on behind everything that you see happening as like their shows get like shittier and shittier and like their situation gets more desperate and the final one is what we do in the shadows it's kind of like slice of life mockumentary they're following vampires around in new zealand um and it's it's adorable and it's just like a ton of cheesy vampire jokes yeah and that one's getting a tv show and they knit in that one so i like it even though i haven't seen it don't at Wait, me. Oh, you it's really seen good. It? Don't at me. <laughs> you really should. It's like one of the funniest movies I've ever I seen. Know, I really should. See I'm it. flying up to Seattle right now. <laughs> just just <laughs> sit me down. <laughs> All right. So those are our recommendations. I guess we should go over who we are again. I'm Ryan Anderson, and you can find me at Ryander on Twitter. R y e a n d e r. Um, I'm Rob Juicy, and you can find me at the Rob Juicy on Twitter. That's T-H-E-R-O-B-G-I-U-S-T-I. And I'm Vivian. You can find me at garbageclub underscore pod on Twitter or uh, our Tumblr, which both of uh, both of those links and Ryan and Rob's Twitter handles will be linked in the show notes, which will be at thegarbage.club. Wait, is that right? Yes. <laughs> which will be at thegarbage.club and oh man i forgot that that's our url it's a good url <laughs> uh we want you guys to give us your bad movie recommendations and to uh preclude you sending us the room we want you to send us the bad movies that you love showing your friends <laughs> like godzilla versus uh mecha godzilla or jet jaguar <laughs> Please only send us, what is it, Toho-era Godzilla movies is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so, yeah, please uh, don't send us the room. Just, do, I, no, will, I will just, just throw we're not it out do immediately. It. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's seen the room. <laughs> we'll be like, thanks, and then immediately drop it in the garbage next to our desk in front thanks, of you, I like maintaining it. eye contact. Power move. <laughs> the Bart Simpson gif. <laughs> <laughs> At least you tried. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna plug my dumb joke of a podcast that came off of our last podcast which is the cinematic christopher's (laughs) tumblr that i made which is a podcast without a podcast where i'm eventually gonna force ryan and matt to rank the marvel cinematic universe chris's including chris pine even though he's not in marvel we we could just say the comic book chris's and then we can include chris pine (laughs) Comic book movie Chris's. The comic book Chris's. Well, it's just, it's just. <laughs> it should just be one episode because we're going to sell it once and for all. <laughs> we're going to knock this shit out in one hour. Well, we're like... never going to record a podcast because I'm too lazy to edit more audio. 
uh, it's just going to be a blog post. But uh, for for uh, dramatic irony slash you know bad uh, meta joke purposes, I'm calling it a podcast without a podcast. And I feel like that's pretty on point for uh, American like Vandal. All right. <laughs> All right, and that's it. The yeah, the link for that will also be in the show notes. So I don't know. Do we have a sweet signing sweet. off one liner? Like, don't draw dicks on your teacher's cars, <laughs> or two. All right, great, great life advice. See you all next fortnight. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>